Welcome to the Karis Christian Center podcast. Praise God. Well, it's good to laugh, isn't it? Keep you, keep you healthy, and, and it's an instant facelift, really. <laughs> Doesn't cost anything. <laughs> Praise God. I'm so happy we got to be in this meeting, be a part of it, because we attended just about every service and were so ministered to. If you were not able to be here, get the messages. Wow, what a feast we had. Praise God. And um, I was uh, thinking while Mark was talking, you know, sometimes I think like talk. <laughs> and I was, I was thinking back about a few years ago. It's been a good while. And I felt the Holy Spirit, you know, the Holy Spirit always tells you the word. And I just can't get away from that. <laughs> It's the word that makes the difference. And he said, memorize, begin memorizing Hebrews 10, 19 through 23, 24, 25. So I did. I set out to memorize that. And it says, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart, full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. And let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful. My mother would say, this is salad, salad uh, scriptures. Let us, let us, let us. <laughs> Yeah, over and over, let us praise the Lord. So um, this revolutionized, the scriptures revolutionized my prayer life. Praise God. And it gave me great boldness because the blood of Jesus has made the way and opened heaven, not to just the preacher, not just, just perfect people. Everyone who believes in the blood of Jesus, heaven opens to us, and we can pray there. Hallelujah. So I'm going to sing about it. You can sing with me if you want to. You can start the song. Thank you. And I might just stay down here. Give me a smile. There you go. <laughs> this is an old song. I see a crimson stream of blood. It flows from Calvary. Its waves which reach the throne of God. I know how much 
you love me when I apply your blood my blinded eyes can't see but when I speak your blood there's not one thing in me your blood cannot cleanse my heart my soul my mind I surrender to the power of your blood and there's not one
Thank you, Father, that you made a way for us to come right on into your throne room. And we say, Abba, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Amen. You can be seated. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Trina. Wow. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Amen. Uh, This morning, we're going to give you several scriptures on the blood and particularly on faith in the blood. And we get the term faith in the blood from Romans 3.25, Romans 3.25. In other words, essential to your life of faith or to your victory of faith is Romans 3.25, through faith in his blood. Uh, Andrew Murray said it this way. He said, the blood of Jesus, he said, his blood alone has done everything. And he said, to enjoy this blessing, to enjoy the blessing of the Lord, he said, His blood alone has done everything. So the only thing necessary is faith in his blood. So I like to say it this way. His blood plus nothing and minus nothing. His blood alone has done everything. Praise the Lord. So to live by faith in the blood, then Andrew Murray said it this way. He said, faith requires two main things. Faith requires two main things. Number one, it requires accurate knowledge. Accurate knowledge. You could say there's no such thing as ignorant faith. 
because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So if you're going to live by faith, then you have to have accurate knowledge of the Word on that subject, whatever subject it is. You have to have accurate knowledge, and you can actually have ever-increasing knowledge. Number one, accurate knowledge. Number two, then faith requires application. Faith requires action or application. Application, uh, the picture of that is in the Old Testament when the children of Israel came out of Egypt, then it wasn't enough just to believe in the blood and stay in the house. They had to actually apply the blood to the doorpost of the house. When they applied the blood, God said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you and there will be divine covering and protection. So faith requires two things, accurate knowledge, number one, and then application application, not enough just to believe in it. There must be the application. And in the script, the subject of faith, the application is simply in the confession of your faith. Actually, in the Old Testament, they applied the blood with a branch called hyssop. They applied it with hyssop on the doorpost. In the New Testament, the blood of Jesus is applied with the hyssop of your voice, the hyssop of your faith or the hyssop of your tongue. In other words, there must be a confession of faith about the blood of Jesus. For your faith to work, there must be what? Application. Amen? And so let me give you several scriptures on the blood of Jesus, and we'll review those, then we'll have an application of that blood. I don't know how you grew up, but I grew up in a, a spirit-filled church. My dad and mom pastored a church for uh, like 50 years, and uh, West Columbia, Texas, South Texas, South of Houston. And that's where I was raised. But my mama had a practice called, I plead the blood. She would say, I plead the blood. Well, I heard Dad Hagen say this, well, Brother Hagen, Dad Hagen taught on the subject of faith. He said, I was Baptist. He said, but when I came among the spirit-filled people, because they believed in healing, then I would hear them say, I plead the blood. They would actually say it like this, in the name of Jesus I plead the blood. Now, he said, now, I didn't really understand what they were doing. He said, but I just started doing what they were doing. He said, it worked so well for me. He said, I still do it to this day. <laughs> Amen. So you may not fully understand what's happening, but when you say in the name of Jesus, I plead the blood. So the word plead is simply synonymous with faith in the blood. That's the application, plead. What does the word plead mean? How many of you grew up in a church where they say, I plead the blood, or anybody around says, I plead the blood? The word plead simply means uh, it's a legal term. Like if you were in court, how do you plead, right? And so the word plead simply means uh, I rest my case. In other words, I end all arguments, and I rest my case on the power of the blood of Jesus. All right, let's try this out over here. In other words, I plead the blood. Where do you see that in the scripture? Isaiah 43, 25, and 26. God said, I even, I am he that blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sin. He said, put me in remembrance. Let us plead together. Declare thou that thou mayest be justified. So that pleading is simply an Old Testament term, but in the New Testament, it's identical to the word faith in his blood. When you exercise faith in the blood, your confession of faith in that blood, or you could say, I plead the blood. So in my, my household, my mama, my mama, four kids in the family, and my mama would say that often. I could hear maybe even every day, 
She would say, I plead the blood. If you're facing a challenge, you know, maybe sickness or disease or maybe uh, fear or maybe worry or going through trouble and you got four kids, I plead the blood. Amen. So, so my mama got a lot of practice at pleading the blood. I'm the way I grew up as a teenager, my dad and four deacons had to come get me out of jail when I was 17. So I get home, my mama said, I plead the blood of Jesus. I was in car accidents that totaled out six cars, and I walked away without a scratch. And my mama said, I plead the blood of Jesus. So there's divine covering or protection in the power of that blood. So almost every time we went on a trip, you could hear my mama saying, I plead the blood of Jesus. Amen. So I went to Bible college four years, and after four years, you know, I came home, and I was sitting in the kitchen with my mama. And I told my mama, I said, I'm a little concerned about your theology. <laughs> I, I've been in Bible school a little too long, right? I came home, I'm a little concerned about your theology. <laughs> so I actually told her, I said, there's no place in the New Testament that says plead the blood, so I'm concerned about your theology. And uh, my mama just looked at me and she said, well, it seems to be working for me. She said, you're going to Bible college, and that is a miracle, and I plead the blood, and that's how you got there. And that's why you're still alive right now. I plead the blood. <laughs> so you have to watch out for people who are a little too smart, right? So my mama said, I plead the blood. So, so <laughs> uh, when I was in high school, you know, she would, it, it, you'd have multiple applications of pleading the blood. In other words, it has more applications than just one thing. My sins are forgiven. I'm going to go to heaven. That's wonderful. But to say I plead the blood, many applications. I rest my case that victory is mine, blessing is mine, healing is mine, not because of what I have done, but because of what Jesus Christ has done. I plead the blood. Amen. So... Um, I brought a girlfriend home from high school one time, and my, uh, I'm about 17 years old. You know, at 17, you don't have as much sense as you think you do. So I was about 17. I brought my girlfriend home. That's back in the days of miniskirts, miniskirts. So I brought this girlfriend home. She had a miniskirt, and I brought her in the house. And I said, Mama, this is my girlfriend. <laughs> my mama said, I plead the blood of Jesus. <laughs> And my girlfriend said, what did your mama say? I said, nothing, don't worry about it. I that <laughs> so I, I told my mama, you know, I said, I'm 17, right? I said, but I want her. <laughs> my mama said, you may get what you want, and you may not want what you get. So I thought about that for the last 40, 50 years, right? How many ever got what you wanted and didn't want what you got? So, so the blood of Jesus has the power to change your want to. In other words, you can actually apply the blood to your own self. I plead the blood over my desires. Amen. I plead the blood over myself. Or Andrew Murray would say it this way. He said that the blood of Jesus should awaken in us a glorious confession that the blood of Jesus purges me from every defilement of the enemy. Wigglesworth said, not one thing in me, the blood does not cleanse. Or he'd say, the blood of Jesus, he'd say, should awaken us in this glorious confession. By his own blood, the Lord Jesus has sanctified me. He's taken complete possession of me for God, my spirit, my soul, and my body. 
I belong to Jesus. He sanctified me with his blood. He made me holy and brought me into perfect fellowship with God and even changed my want to. What's that mean? Plead the blood over yourself. Thank you for that. Praise the Lord. I said plead the blood over yourself. So no matter what's going on in your mind, your thoughts, come on, your desires, you have the authority as a believer to lift your voice and bring application to that blood. Amen. So the blood of Jesus, the confession of faith in that blood, Dad Hagen said, you hold fast to your confession of faith, even if failure is on all four corners. All right, that's a really good confession. All right, let's try it one more time. Hold fast to your confession of faith, even if you're facing failure on all four corners. What would that confession be? The blood of Jesus. Amen. What's that confession? The blood of Jesus cleanses me from all sin. The sin shall not have dominion over me. Satan shall not have dominion over me. Old habits cannot dominate me. Jesus is my Lord. In the name of Jesus, I plead the blood. You can actually chastise Satan with the power of the blood. You know what that means, chastise him? <laughs> that means run him out of a house. Take the blood of Jesus out like a weapon and run him out of the house. In other words, start talking about the blood of Jesus, sing about the blood, and chastise him. And you overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. Amen. And so the blood of Jesus has opened heaven for the believer, that we have boldness and access and confidence in the presence of God by the blood of Jesus. Anytime, day or night. I love what Brother Hagin said. He said, no one can get closer to God than you can. Let's try that one more time. If you want to draw near to God, no apostle, no prophet, no bishop. Come on now. Nobody can get closer to God than you can. People have different offices, but nobody can get closer to God than you can. And so we come boldly to the throne of grace and we come by the blood of Jesus, and God literally sees us through that blood. Amen. He sees us through the blood. Amen. He don't see all of our faults and failures. When we come by the blood, God sees you through the blood. Your past is erased. God said, I don't even remember you did anything wrong. And you come with a great boldness and confidence and righteousness. I expect to receive everything God has for me because of the blood. Amen. So when I was pastored years ago, I pastored for uh, what, 25 years or something like that, 30 years. I can't remember. It's a long time. So I pastored. We had a great church in Louisiana. So when I pastored, I did a whole series. So I can't really cover this subject in one service here. I did a whole series of about like three months on the blood of Jesus. Three months every Sunday morning. <laughs> so I was studying and studying it, and I actually kind of thought I knew a lot about it until I started studying it again. <laughs> when I started studying it again, I'm like, man, I, either I didn't know it or I forgot it. You get the same results if you don't know it as if you forget it. <laughs> so I've forgotten a lot, I guess. So I started restudying on the blood of Jesus to bring it in application. So one of the things I found out is that the root word for blessed is the root word for blood. 
So I had this giant dictionary weighed about, about 20 pounds or something like that. So I'm studying different words. And so I got to the word in that dictionary, blessed, B-L-E-S-T, blessed. Because 1 Corinthians 10, 16 says, when you take communion, you take the cup of blessing, which is the blood. The cup of what? Blessing. So when you take communion, then you're declaring the blood covenant that you have a covenant with God. And when you take the cup, he calls it what? The cup of blessing. And you drink the cup. See, in the Old Testament, the blood was applied externally. In the New Testament, the blood's applied internally. Or you could say it this way, the blood of Jesus has the power to reach into your conscience, into your conscience, and silence the voice of self-condemnation. All right, let's try this out over. I said the blood of Jesus has the power. Come on, no pharmacy can do this. And the blood reaches into your, your conscience or to the deepest part of your personality and silences the voice of self-condemnation. Come on, our every voice or feeling that makes you feel like you're unworthy or you don't measure up, come on now, or you need to try harder, but when you just lift your voice and say, oh man, that don't matter how I feel right now, I'm redeemed by the blood of Jesus. His blood alone has done everything, so by faith I apply that blood, and that blood reaches into your conscience and removes sin consciousness. Let's go over that one more time. In other words, in the Old Testament, you were forgiven. In the New Testament, your sins were remitted. Remission means absolute remission, molecular remission. Or that means uh, free from the, the, the penalty and the consciousness of sin. So the blood removes sin consciousness in the New Testament. So then you have a righteousness consciousness that no matter what I've done or have not done, I am qualified for God's best blessings because of the blood. I plead the blood. So when the devil brings up all of your faults and failures and mistakes and shortcomings, what's the voice of faith say? I plead the blood of Jesus. I have faith in the blood of Jesus. I have great confidence in his blood. Amen? And so that reaches on the inside of you and sets you free from the guilt or the shame of sin. And now you have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So I looked up the word for blessed. And I went through B-L-E-S-S-E-D. Then I got to the word B-L-E. And they put the word B-L-E-S-T, the old English word, blessed. And they said the root word of blessed is the word for blood. They said the reason is because when the priest would go into the holy place and sprinkle blood on the mercy seat, he would always come out and pronounce a blessing. Oh, let's try it again. I said when he would apply the blood, he would always come out and pronounce a blessing, right? Amen. He would say, the Lord bless you and keep you and make his countenance shine upon you and give you peace. Amen. You put that into the new covenant, you say, you are blessed coming in and blessed going out. You're the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, not because of what you have done, but because of the precious blood of Jesus, the Lamb of God, his blood alone has done everything. So I, I didn't know what my mama was doing, but she knew. 
All right, let's try this side of her. I said, I didn't know what my mama was doing, but she kept me alive. In the name of Jesus, I plead the blood. What does that mean? I rest my case on the blood of Jesus. Amen. Reinhard Bonnke, a great evangelist, went home to be with the Lord not too long ago. But he has his ministry in Africa has millions, even hundreds of millions, changed a whole continent. And he said the Lord told him when he first started, I see a blood-washed Africa. Imagine if you could see a blood-washed continent. How many of y'all could see a blood-washed marriage and a blood-washed family and blood-washed children and blood-washed grandchildren? Come on, that your whole household shall be saved. Hallelujah. I plead the blood of Jesus over my family. Amen. That blood applied. Praise the Lord. So mama said, I plead the blood. Plead the blood. So when I came home from uh, college, my younger brother uh, was a college football player, and he was a, a, a tackle. He's a big, strong guy, so he's great in high school, great in college. And yet, when he got into high school and college, he backslid. Y'all know what backslidden is? Backslid. You know what that means, backslid? You don't know what that is. Anyway, so he wasn't really following the Lord, and he kind of gone away from the Lord, and he'd be partying, come home, you know, intoxicated. You could smell. So he, he wasn't really following the Lord. So I came home from college, and my mother said, well, your brother Bobby, he's really taken to gardening. I thought, that's the weirdest thing I ever heard in my life, football player taken to gardening. She said, hey, he'd be growing them tomato plants out there in the backyard. Says they had him some tomato plants. So I went out there, I came back in. I said, Mom, that's not tomato plants. I said, Bobby's growing marijuana in the backyard. And my mama said, I plead the blood of Jesus. I plead the blood. Come on, the pastor's kid. Has, come on. <laughs> you know why preacher's kids have so much trouble? You know, they hang out with deacon's kids. Anyway, so the preacher's kids... <laughs> Growing marijuana in the back. I plead the blood of Jesus. Today, my younger brother pastors my dad's church. Said, what happened? Mama stood up to the devil. How many of y'all like to stand up to the devil on the inside and say, I, I see, I'm not ignorant. I know how it looks right now, but there is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of Jesus. I plead the blood. Amen. So your confession of faith in the blood. So Hebrews 9, 12 through 14. Hebrews 10, 14 through 23. Your confession of faith in the blood. Amen. 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 Let us draw near with a true heart, full assurance of faith. Faith in the blood. Our heart sprinkled from an evil conscience. Our body washed with pure water. Amen. The blood. The power of the blood. Amen. How much more shall the blood of Christ Come on, Hebrews 9, 14. How much more should the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit purge your conscience from dead work to serve the living God? Woo! Come on, I like to be free from a nagging voice of accusation that you're not good enough and you don't measure up and you need to, you know, you're struggling, but the moment you apply the blood, you're granted, come on, immediate access. So he says, through the eternal spirit means the blood of Jesus and the Spirit of God are eternally connected. Wherever you honor the blood, 
the Spirit of God will help. How many of you need help from the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit? When you honor the blood, the blood of Jesus and the Holy Spirit are inseparable. You honor the blood and the, the Holy Spirit will say, I'm here. I'm ready to help you. And the Holy Spirit will always bring revelation of the blood. So not just having, uh, you know, some Bible knowledge about it, but living in a daily confession. Okay, let's try it one more time. When you get up in the morning, amen, or sometime during the day, have a bold confession or a daily confession about the blood, faith in the blood. So you could say things like this. The blood of Jesus purges me from every defilement of the enemy. There's not one thing in me the blood does not cleanse. That's your confession. The blood of Jesus is my divine covering and protection against every attack of the enemy on my mind or my life. The blood of Jesus is my divine covering and protection. Or you could say it this way. The blood of Jesus prevents deception and aborts every attempt of the enemy to deceive me. Let's try that one more time. Because the devil's a liar. I said the devil's a liar. He's a deceiver. So your confession of faith in the blood is the blood of Jesus prevents, stops the strategies of the enemy to deceive me. Yeah. Come on, if the devil can't deceive you, he can't defeat you because he's already defeated. So I, I plead the blood of Jesus so I'll not be deceived by the enemy or by feelings or by circumstances. Uh, in other words, my faith in his blood. I boldly confess, amen, because of that blood. Now, listen close. I love Hebrews 13, 20, 21. I'm about out of time here. Hebrews 13, 20, 21 says this. Through the blood of the everlasting covenant. Man, that's a good scripture. You need to write that down. It's actually, it's actually kin to Philippians 2, 13. Y'all know Philippians 2, 13 says what? For it is God that works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. You say, what does that mean? That means he, God is working in you, gives you the desire and the power to do his will. When you think you don't have the ability, he gives you the ability. When you think you don't have the desire, you say, it is God that works in me, gives me the desire and the power to do his will. So that's kin to Hebrews 13, 20 and 21. Through the blood, this is your confession, through the blood of Jesus, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, come on, the Lord Jesus, God raised him from the dead. He is Lord. Whoa, come on. And through the blood of the everlasting covenant. Man, that's a whole new subject right there. Amen. I can't cover it in the next two minutes. But through the blood of the everlasting covenant. Wow. Through the blood covenant. The terms of the blood covenant is God says, I am committed to you forever. Under all circumstances, my, I, my covenant, I will not break nor alter the thing that has gone out of my mouth. That means I will be with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And you need to boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Amen. So, so my friend, Pastor Mac Hammond, Minneapolis, he said the Lord told him, when are you going to act like you have a covenant with God? Yeah. Hallelujah. Come on, when it looks like your circumstances, when are you going to act like you have a covenant with God? That means God said, my loving kindness and my tender mercies will never depart from you. 
He said, even if you miss it, I will correct you, but I will never abandon you. And if the enemy attacks you, I will beat the enemy down in front of your face. Boy, that's a blood covenant. Come on. Amen. That's a covenant. So through the blood of the everlasting covenant, your confession would be, amen, there's no faith without a confession of faith. So if you're going to put your faith into application, what's your confession or what are you going to say? All right. So you say, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, God, he makes me perfect in every good work to do his will while he works in me that which is well-pleasing in his sight. Let's try that one more time. Through the blood of the everlasting covenant, what does that mean? That means when everyone else has given up on you. You'll never change. You'll never make it when other people give up on you. Come on. And if you ever give up on yourself, how many ever thought about that? I said, if you ever give up on yourself and say, I'll never change, I'll never make it, but you know the blood covenant, you say, I don't care how it looks, I'm going to boldly confess through the blood of the everlasting covenant, God is working in me that which is well-pleasing in his sight. Woo, praise the Lord. When you know about the blood of Jesus, come on, and you bring application about that blood through your confession, it will revolutionize your prayer life. Because God sees you through that blood and you come in an heir of God and a joint heir with Christ. Changes your prayer life. Wow, who can get closer to God than you can? And you come by the blood. He says, come on in here. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> in his presence. So the blood of Jesus, number one, has opened heaven. Number two, it opens the heart of the believer or it reaches into your heart. And then number three, that blood overcomes Satan and every strategy of the devil. So Satan and devils or demons or evil spirits, they may hang around while you do religious stuff, but if you start talking about the blood of Jesus, they will pack up and leave. Come on, give the Lord a shout. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Karis Christian Center podcast. If you would like to receive prayer, product, or more information about the ministry, go to www.karischristiancenter.com or call us at 719-418-4000.